0: Hello, you're very welcome along to another edition of News Talks SSE, or Tristy League podcast. My name is Richie McCormick.
1: I'm Daniel Kelly, hello.
0: He is Daniel Kelly because Langan couldn't be bothered coming in today. He day.
1: took the day off. Didn't uh, tell either of us yesterday, just took the day off. Yeah,
0: wandered in towards uh, Oshin's desk, which is just adjacent to mine, and saw somebody else sitting there, namely Jerry Tracy.
1: Yeah. And I was like, where's Oshin? And Oshin and Jerry don't look anything alike. Uh, they don't at all,
0: and one is slightly less... Uh, offensive in nature than the other yeah, um, marginally but still it's noticeable yeah. and we're all glad that O'Shea isn't here this week uh, on the way we will be speaking to Shane Keegan the Wexford Youths manager as they face into their final five leave games of the season and speaking of fives they've also said goodbye to five players within the past week as well Stephen Last Danny Ledwith Conor O'Keefe Andy Mulligan and Eric Malloy, all gone for the shining gleaming lights of Dan Dunedin New Zealand
2: It's the quality of life that sets Dunedin apart from other cities. All of the advantages of living in a big metropolis with none of the downside.
1: Yeah. That's They've str- gone to Southern United, which were formerly Otago United, which I think Terry Phelan managed. Did he? Yes. No way. Canela. I no did not know this. Terry Phelan uh, managed in New Zealand. They've gone, they're all working. Uh, uh, the the season starts at the end of this month yeah. so they've gone over there's an Irish manager there whose name is Paul O'Reilly he's formerly worked with I think he's worked in IT Carlo so okay. he's gone over on a deve- on a set of contract with the New Zealand FA working I think with the Southern Region is what they've called it yeah. and the five lads have gone over and they will work uh, they'll work in New Zealand as players with Southern United and also in a sort of for what we know over here a regional officer It's a worry this
0: I couldn't, I Very it, much so I saw the story this morning Oh, well, clearly, it's an issue for Wexford youths for their final games of the season. I know some were involved more than most over the past few weeks, etc. You can set that aside. But if you look at it from a first division perspective, mm-hmm. whereby this is more likely to happen in the next while, if a team from that part of the world, or if from a, a different, like from maybe a second or third tier in America, yeah, comes calling. We've seen
1: with the NA, with the NASL players like Richie Ryan, James Chambers, yeah, foreign. A lot of them have gone in recent times but now this is this is a new evil it's coming. New, well, this into is our lives. this kind
0: of uh, has a I suppose uh, a, a parallel with when you see Australian uh, a, a of, uh, AFL teams coming yes. looking for Gaelic games players. You know, this is. Going to happen, and this we're going to see players picked off because ultimately, if you're a, if you're a footballer playing for, I don't know if you're playing for Waterford, if you're playing for Limerick, if you're playing for Cove, if you're playing for Drada whoever it is, or for Wexford dudes, you want to, you're doing it because you want to play football. Of course, you know you, you obviously would have another job on the side, but if somebody offers you this opportunity to go to a different country, full-time capacity, full time capacity, English English speaking, English speaking, full time capacity yeah. to play football primarily, yes, but also have this other thing on the side, and if you're in your late teens, early twenties. By God, you're going to take it. Yeah. And it's a horrible position That because like, there's literally yeah. nothing. It's not as if we're going to blame the clubs in this position because a, what, what can you do?
1: And yeah. the fact that it's five of them, it probably makes moving far, far easier. Exactly,
0: well. exactly. So they're de- heading down to Dunedin and they're going to head off into a you know, a, a life that's going to be the next couple of years for them. They might settle, they might not. Best luck to them. The five will make you get down now. Five will make you get down now. No. And they're saying, baby, bring it on. Bringing on now. Uh, also this week we will talk about uh, Shelburne and they're finally admitting that they're moving to Dennyman Park. This has been mooted for God knows how long, for the last while. Uh, for most of the season we've known that this has been coming but the statement being released via Shelburne's official channels during the week uh, saying that after a consultation process with uh, not only Dublin City Council and their
1: supporters we'll see. They've also apologized for the inconvenience of being a football club uh, <laughs> which hasn't gone down very well understandably so with a lot of Shelburne fans I, w-
0: I kind of welcome that apology <laughs> not necessarily the Shelburne one but it's. A- there are times over the past couple of seasons where I w- I would have liked that apology to have come my way <laughs> you know those Fridays where you come and
1: go, I bloody hate football yeah. <laughs> why do I do this to myself week in and week yeah. out uh, but all, the, all the, I think it was specifically apologising to the residents in the Talker Park vicinity oh God. for all the fans coming to games on Friday nights d- I suppose. D- despite the fact that they're still going to be there for the next two three years yeah and then you'll have Bohemians there also for yeah. a year, maybe longer. Oh, well, they be and, good. always be there for two. And Bohemians will bring bigger crowds. There'll be Premier League games. Uh, understand? Obviously, there will be probably double weekends where one team could be playing on the Friday, one team could be playing on the Saturday. This is going to increase the wear and tear. on because Oh, let, totally. Let,
0: let's be honest. It's, what, 28 games in the First Division season, 20, 14 of those will be at home. Yeah, uh, It's 33 games, so like 17 and a half. An extra 50%. An extra, yeah.
1: God, yeah, poor Talca, and I have been in Talca maybe two, two, two or three years. I'd said last time I was there yeah. behind one of the the end that is now basically written off. Yes, there was a police crime scene investigation. Do not cross tape over the front row of the seats. <sighs> yeah,
0: it's a weird, is Like
1: obviously there's this gleaming,
0: you know, Oz-like structure on the horizon yes. in the form of the new Denny Mount Park, but. It's gonna be a lot of hardship in the next two three years yeah. for, for for both sides really, as we see the move,
1: and you know, especially from, like when we see Bohemians with uh, they two or three bars under the Jolly Stand, yeah, like do, yeah. they take in a lot of additional revenue,
0: especially with a fine range of craft beers as well, yes. Daniel, the we're, the hipster club of the league around. Well, I didn't want to say it. You said it. Yeah, just because you know we're slightly you know cultured. But, well, there's that. There is yeah. that. Uh, we'll also look at this potential. <laughs> move of the cup final Dan I don't know what you make of this one because yeah. we spoke about it there was a heated argument amongst the three of us when Langham was still here uh, yesterday
1: when he decided to show up to work
0: I, I think this is what put him off coming in today is that he knew this was on the horizon he actually didn't want to stand his ground in front of a microphone on this one <laughs> the thought of moving the cup final back a week yes is or no
1: absolutely rubbish yeah I despise the idea it's, I absolutely despise it take out the fact that Ireland are that there's November internationals the following weekend anyways it's just a stupid idea
0: it's bizarre.
1: Well done to Dundalk. They've done great. The fact that they're in St. Petersburg three nights before is just sheer unluck of the draw. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's bad luck. But
0: as we pointed out, you know, in, in the Premier League, yeah. for instance, success. Uh, who like, was it? was Tottenham were off in CSK in Moscow and then yeah. they're back and in on, they on the Saturday and they're playing on Sunday. Yeah. So, you know, pff, this, th- this is what happens.
1: This And if Dundalk or any other team want to play at this level in Europe, this is, this is what they're going to have to deal with.
0: If it was on the weird side of things where if it was Waterford who are in this position. Yeah. Waterford don't have the means, nor the manager. Sorry, Roddy, uh, to, you know, do these things. You've just blessed, Dan just <laughs> blessed himself, by the way. The, you can't see this, but he's done. Um, if you haven't, if you're not geared that way and you're going off the far side of the world for whatever reason, Waterford or Cove or whatever would find themselves there and coming back and playing a cup final, yeah. then we'll talk. Yes. Then we'll talk. But if you're able to
1: field... Dundalk have the means yeah. and what I think uh, in their last three games, they've, uh, Dean uh, Dean... Chris Shields Yeah Who the hell is Dean Shields Chris Shields is Dean's
0: done his, 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 his shoulder uh, is Yes the semi-final last week uh,
1: Chris Shields has Is the only player who started in all three games They have the resources If this was any other game Apart from the cup final
0: But we're now in this weird position where Whereby 20% of the season Is crammed
1: into the next Yeah It's great m- isn't it month. Summer soccer is alive and well What the hell like it's
0: looking through the games you've got them there in front of you as well, yes. Dan. Um, on Cork side of things, on Tottenham up here, was it seven games remaining in the month of October? Galway away, Dundalk away, Finn Harps at home, St Pat's away, St Pat's at home, <laughs> uh, Westford at home, and Bray away. Yes. Uh, so they're finishing the season freezing our Cork out yeah. by uh, the car.
1: Looking at Dundalk, uh, they, one thing I will say, and well done to the FAI with all their uh, chopping and changing of fixtures. They have put Dundalks and Corks remaining league games on the same night. Which means we'll. Uh,
0: Grandstand
1: finish. Yeah, exactly. Like Trophy Com- hovering in a helicopter. Compare, up in the air. One, compare one game to another. Where, like, where will they leave the trophy on the final day? Oh, last? God. At Lone? It'll be in Lone, yeah. The final day, uh, Dundalk <laughs> are at home to Galway and Cor. I uh, know. It'll be in Dublin. It'll be hovering around the M50. Galway and, and Bray. Yes, this because should, should I, I, should should I, I go through Dundalk fixtures? As I, you said, I, I, I would thirty seconds ago. Yeah, go on. Uh, so they have uh, Slugger Rovers at home, Cork at home, and what would be the title decider, Even though there's another four or five games left after that, Shamrock Rovers away, Longford away, then they faced uh, the little trip <sighs> to Saint Petersburg. come on. Uh, small trip from Longford to St. Petersburg, three days apart. So they go Longford to St. Petersburg. No,
0: they're, going, they're playing St. Petersburg in all in, in Oh, Tala. sorry, then, yeah.
1: t- apologies, sorry. Yeah. Uh, St. Petersburg in Tallade, then Bohemians at home, St. Pat's away and Galway at home. And then followed by that, obviously, is the trip to St. Petersburg and the cup final a few days afterwards. Yeah,
0: uh, I'm reminded of, I think it was the final day of the season um, in 2010, possibly, I know, Bows were away in Galway when uh, Pat Fennell decided to have the great idea to play uh, Bisto Flood up front on his own as a lone striker away from home against a Galway side that had conceded 20 odd goals in their previous three games who we needed to win to win the league and I think How did that turn out? I think weirdly enough we were away to Galway uh, we, were, well, we, were, yeah, we were away to Galway I know Docker would be playing Galway at home and then I think Rovers are playing Bray in their final game of the season so it's weird how things work out yeah. is that one has Bray and one has Galway in the final day of the season this year
1: anyway it's like the FA it's like the FA wrote it that way
0: it's grand the FA have the best interests of the game at heart and I'm sure we'll see this uh, sorted well in time for next season
1: But at least there will be a positive atmosphere in the last few games.
0: (laughs) There will. Uh, And people just being knackered from having games every two and three days, (laughs) especially if you're a Dundalk fan. Uh, Right, shall we talk shells? Well, this week saw confirmation of what we all kind of already knew. Already is that uh, Shelburne will be moving over to the new stadium, which will take up residence at Daly Mount Park, and in effect become uh, neighbours and roommates of Bohemians within the coming seasons. They, of course, will remain at Talca Park in the interim while that redevelopment work is continued and carried out on Daly Mount itself. So uh, there'll be neighbours at Talca Park before there be neighbours at Daly uh, We're joined on the line by Noel FitzMorris, who's a member of the management uh, committee with Shelburne and also uh, the commercial manager. Of the club as well. Now you're very welcome to the podcast.
3: Thanks, Richie.
0: Um, first of all, I'd imagine uh, finally having this news out there is somewhat of a relief to the club, I guess.
3: Well, you know it is and It isn't, Richie. You know, I think um, you know while it's a, a new chapter in the in the long and, and varied history of Shelburne Football Club, it's um, it's something that you know there's not too many people involved with the club at any level um, would be 100 uh, percent welcoming of in so much that you know our you know, our ideal option would be to either to stay in Talker Park long term or to move to a, a greenfield site and share with Bohemians there. Mm. But I think, you know, the circumstances surrounding the club and the the place that the club has been in the last 10 years financially and, and in several other ways leaves us with very little option uh, on the table. And it's an option that we're taking. Um, reluctantly, I have to say, and the board of management are are, are kind of <clears throat> very mindful of you know, the feelings of supporters and the feelings of people who have an attachment to Talker Park and have done for a very, very long time. But, you know, we've found ourselves in a situation where the options are limited um, and and it's going ahead. Now, having said that, we have to, as a club, in some form or fashion, come together, uh, try and accept um, that the move is happening and to embrace it and put our arms around it. Um, And, you know, working with uh, Dublin City Council, working with... Um, Bohemians um, to a future where, you know, you'll be moving into a brand new stadium with the kind of facilities that we just don't have in talker Park, and that's the the bright side of it. Um, It's going to be difficult for us because we're going into what is traditionally bows hinterland and Mm. and 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 Dublin Seven, but as a club we need to meet that challenge. Um, As I've said to you already, options were limited. Um, but that's you know that's where we find ourselves, and and, and we and we go ahead and we do it with a heavy heart because to many many people, Talca Park has fabulous memories. You know, like I, I saw shells here for the first time in 1979. Um, we moved out of there then and went to Harold's Cross, and then we came back here in, in the late 80s. Um, but the memories that have been built up here in Talca Park and the events that we've seen take place here. Um, it will never never be forgotten and, and that's why it's with it's with a sad heart that we live here but we have to uh, embrace the new challenge and the new chapter in in, in, in club and that's
0: going to be in Daily Park. Yeah, leaving any of the kind of old grounds behind is always a bit of an upsetting experience. I suppose not only for the club itself, but those who've, who've visited with any kind of regularity down through the years um, would have been irregular enough in, in Talk Park myself and sure. it would be sad to see it go and there are others and the generation that preceded me would have been sad to see Glen Park go and there are more that we could probably go into. There's another podcast that we had from, from just grounds that aren't there anymore. Uh, you mentioned the options I don't know how viable either one of them was. I just want to get some kind of steering this from yourself. You you know more than me. Uh, you said that the other options to open to you or the other things that you would have liked to have explored were um, the, the the chance of a, a neutral greenfield site uh, for both clubs to move into uh, or the option of staying at Talca Park. How far down the roads did you get in the exploration process in either one of those?
3: If, if the truth be known, not a long way because, you know, literally, um, financially, neither ourselves and Bowes are are where are, are or are currently in a position to, to look at a greenfield site where we'd be mm-hmm. building something ourselves. So that wasn't an option. Um, I think the fact that Dublin City Council are involved um, now in the ownership of both Talca and Dalymount uh, meant that they were putting up a viable proposition to build a modern stadium uh, on the site that is Dalymount Park. Um, in terms of Talca Park, you know, well, Talca is, you know, we use Talca uh, on, on, on a very regular basis, obviously playing our home games here every second week. Um, and while it's adequate for our needs at the moment in the First Division, um, A, we'd have to do some work just to bring it up to Premier Division standard um, if we were back there. We've had issues with the with the, with the floodlights here in Talca Park. Um, and the general infrastructure on the ground is it's just old. You know, like you're talking about stuff that was built many, many moons ago. Yeah. To do the kind of work that would be necessary to bring Talca up to scratch, you'd practically be talking about levelling the place uh, and and starting from scratch. That's not going to happen in both Dalymount and Talca Park, um, and it's just not an option. And financially, we're certainly not in a position to to do that, and, and that's why we're relying on Dublin City Council. Um, to come in and and build the facility that they are in Dalymount Park
0: Can can I ask you Noel, how strong was the talk of Shelburne's status either within Talca Park or away from it before the talk of redevelopment of Dalymount reared its head i.e. had there been discussions about either staying or moving prior to that announcement
3: There's always you know Richard there's always conversation you know like when Shell's hit the wall uh, it's almost 10 years ago now um, and um, all the, the financial difficulty that the club finds itself still in today, by the way, because all of the, all of the debts um, that were accrued in, in the time of uh, the Great European Run and 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 and, and all that, we, those debts are still they're still there today. Um, so, I think realistically, we always knew that you know staying in Talca Park most certainly on our own wasn't going to be viable. Um, Particularly with the ownership of the ground um, and, and and the way that panned out, it's it's you know would have we you know we would have been looking for a third party to come in uh, and 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 redevelop here. So while I say it, that would have been everybody's forced choice there's no doubt about that course, i think yeah. if if you spoke to anybody uh, on the board of management or anybody that follows shells or anybody and that has any feeling for shells at all that would be the first choice but it became very clear very quickly that that really wasn't an option and when i talk about options richie you know there's lots of our fans uh, you know have have endured a lot over the last 10 years sure, yeah. um and and while you know information hasn't flowed as freely as some of them would like there was reason for that. Um, I, I think you know when you're trying to negotiate things in the background, you're trying to make things happen. There's certain things you just can't discuss publicly uh, and put out there. And in trying to secure what might be a good deal, or, 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 or hopefully will be a good deal in the, in the long run for Shelburne Football Club, but I, I think you know the, the bottom line with Talca Park is while that was the would be everybody's first option, I think very quickly it became obvious um, that financially that just wasn't it. Just wasn't a runner.
0: Um, Now, part of the statement that was released the other day by the club, uh, signed off by uh, the chairman, Joseph Casey, stated that, uh, thanks also to the various Dublin city councillors who, uh, urged on by our supporters groups, advised our case to be part of the redevelopment uh, of Dalyman Park. Uh, Since that statement has been released, there's been not one but two, at least anyway, it's been brought to our attention. Uh, statements from different uh, independent supporters groups, one of them being Reds Independent, uh, the other one being the 1895 Trust. I don't know if you've seen either of these, Niall. Um, One of them says, Yesterday's statement claimed the Shelburne supporters groups had lobbied Dublin city councillors in support of the club relocating to Daily Met. Reds Independent would like to take this opportunity to clarify they're not one of those groups and in the interest of transparency would like the club to name those Shelburne supporters groups who it alleged did lobby DCC councillors in favour of moving to the club. Uh, Similarly, the 1895 Trust say very little information was made public by Shells. That point, to be honest with you, I can understand. I think there was a little bit of that uh, from Bohemians as well. Uh, but they also state that uh, they weren't one of those uh, supporters clubs who had come out in favour of moving to Dublin City Council. Uh, how much uh, talk was there with supporters groups uh, about the move, and how many of those were in favour?
3: Well, I think I, I think the, the the rationale behind uh, the, the statement mentioning supporters groups. Um, basically comes from Dublin City Council had um, a discussion uh, on the matter where all the different councillors uh, stood up and had their say and it was broadcast uh, via the web and I think in that a lot of the councillors that had several of the councillors that had met with the 1895 Trust um, stood up in support of Shells relocating to Dalymount Park.
0: So the Um, councillors who'd spoken to the 1895 Trust?
3: Some of the, some of the, yeah, I believe that the 1895 Trust did speak to some of the councillors, and in the debate that took place, um, I, I, I believe I've seen it that the, uh, that some of the councillors stood up um, and said that they would like and they feel, having met the 1895 Trust, um, they'd like to, uh, they'd like to see a situation where shells would be included, because at the time it wasn't clear that shells were going to be included in the discussions in regard to Dalymount Park. Um, and look, you know wh- whether that was whether the councillors took the wrong end of the stick on that or not. I don't know, but that's
0: yeah, it. appeared that it they would. Did, like they did stand
3: up and say that it, it
0: appeared that it would because the eighteen ninety five trust said they lobbied for their retention and upgraded of Park. I mean, that's not really, um, I suppose, ambiguous language. It's pretty straightforward what they were looking for. So, yeah. if the coun- councillors seemingly did take that up
3: completely wrong. Well, if they did, you know, it's it's a matter of public record that they did stand up and and argue the case of Shelbourne being included in the Daily Mount the Daily Mamp project, um, and that was on foot of meetings that they had with the, with the trust. Look, you know, the guys in the trust is that is that, or is that
0: the only group that that stood up in, in favor of a move to Dennyman, just out of interest
3: uh, to the to the best of my knowledge yeah yeah to the S- best of my knowledge now again you know the, I, I i i don't believe res independent um, did and i and look I'm, i i'm i'm purely saying to you that i know from a matter of record and mm. uh, from the debate that took place that that's certainly the impression that councillors would have given uh, when they spoke in the debate that, that they were arguing for the case of Shelbourne being included in the Daily Man project. That's hardly,
0: that's hardly basis for the term urged on by our supporters group, though, is it? It's hardly a glowing tribute to the move.
3: Well, maybe, 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 maybe a different phrase could have been used. I, look, I don't know. I, I wasn't present right. at, the, at, the, at the meetings that the, the Trust and uh, none of us, none of the Board of Management were present at the meetings that the Trust had with the different councillors. So I don't know what was said. If they took it up wrong, so be it. Look, I know the guys in the trust. They're good guys. They're Shells people. They have an interest in the future of the club. Mm. I admire the fact that they have that interest, you know. It, it's it's not everybody will stand up to the plate and and show an interest in the club. Um, but I, I, I think that a time may come in, in, in the future where Shells is a fans own club. Whether it be a members club or a trust, I don't know. Um but I think. Um, I, I think. I think. Would
0: you see that as being a way forward?
3: Well, you know, I'm speaking from a personal point of view, Richie. I would say, yeah, it's certainly an option that would have to be looked at. Okay. Um, and, and as I have said to you, whether it's a members' club along the lines of Bows or Rovers, or whether it's an out-and-out trust, um, I'm not really sure. I know that some of the some of the um, instances that have been pointed to, some of the examples, uh, the likes of Cork City, uh, which is extremely successful. But I know that Cork City are dealing in, in massive numbers uh, in terms of their trust. They have a huge membership. Um, our trust doesn't have that level of membership, um, uh, nowhere near it. Um, but look, you know, I'll always, you know, and again, speaking from a personal point of view, I have great admiration for 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 the guys in the trust. I have great admiration for the fact that they stand up to the plate. Um, but you know, I think they also need to understand that the club has been in a very precarious situation for the last ten years. Um, we've done our level best A, to keep the club alive and B, to try and resolve the situation with regard to the ground with regard to the debts attached to the club and to try and move the club forward hopefully uh, to get the club to a a debt free situation where we can move the club forward because it hasn't gone forward we all know that in the last 10
0: years Of course Looking ahead to the move I suppose have you been given a time frame on things Uh, things seem to be fairly I don't know in, in all the official communiques that we've seen anyway uh, be it from DCC or from Bose or from yourselves seem to be pretty loose in terms of time and I appreciate there are many factors that can be involved in that but have you got a time frame in mind for the move has there been one mooted to
3: you I- well again again it's a difficult one for us because we're literally only at the table as of this week okay. you know yes we've had preliminary discussions with the council or with Bohemians but nothing has been official because we haven't actually so we, we didn't actually sign up to the agreement until this week um so with us only coming to the table now, we're a little bit late in, 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 in finding out information and timescales and, and knowing that. And, that. and again, a lot of our supporters, you know, our, our fans who are, you know, disappointed with the move, they may think that we have information that we're not passing on to them. We actually don't have a lot of information. And until the steering group is set up and until we sit around the table and discuss the, the, the Daily Mail project properly, um we're kind of relying on just little bits and pieces here and there. In terms of timescale, I don't know. Um, it, it's it's possible that if Bohemians uh, decide to come to Talca Park that it might be the year after next. Um, they might be here for two years uh, while work goes on in Dalyman Park. I think the, the, the hope is that the ground will be ready um, for 2020. Um, but, you know, like a lot of things, that could be delayed. But again... You know, I'd hate you to quote me on it because yes. it, it, we're only getting to the table this week, and in actual fact, until that steering group sits down um, and and gets into the nitty gritty of what's going what's going to happen, what's not going to happen in terms of um, balls possibly coming to Tulka Park or when we'd be going in there, we we really don't have a lot of the information that people might think we should might
0: think we'd have at this okay. stage and it would be uh, probably foolish from an Irish perspective anyway to put any kind of timescale on a building project yeah, in so. yeah, yeah. Um, on that steering group as well again this is probably your late to the table kind of answer too I guess but do you have any um, I suppose knowledge or do you have any expectation of your level of involvement as as a club um, in in what I suppose the outlook of, of Daily DailyMount is going to be how much of an imprint Shells are going to have on the particular ground yeah. or, or the plans in general
3: yeah, no, we haven't uh, qu- quite literally. You know, uh, as I say, you know, we, we, you, c- you can have discussions with certain individuals um, in the council or certain individuals in Bowes and you can say, well, that's possibly on the table. That might be on the table. But until that steering group meets and until that sits down and decides the way forward, all of that is up in the air. Okay. Um, it, you know, obviously, as a club, if we're going into a shared um facility in Fibs for it, we'd like to have as much of an imprint as possible um, and we'd be pushing for um, the kind of facilities that you need in, in modern day football we'd, we'd be pushing in terms of you know um, identity in terms of our own dressing rooms in terms of bars in terms of lots and lots of different things but nothing is, is in stone as of yet and until that steering group sits down and meets nothing will be in stone.
0: Do we know when that steering group is likely to convene?
3: I'd imagine it. W- I'd imagine it would happen fairly quickly. Okay. I would imagine you now again. I don't know when, but I would imagine in the next couple of weeks that steering group will be put together and we'll have its first meeting.
0: Okay. Well, I suppose in the in the short term at least, it, it seems as if the there's a home for the club, which is a huge, huge thing for, for Shelburne and I suppose for Dublin football. If we're going into the wider, uh, almost teary-eyed, dewy-eyed, uh, Dunphy-esque uh, spiels about things, it's you know, it's it's nice that there's still will Shelburne from a from a neutral's perspective. I
3: guess. Mm-hmm. I, I, look, you know, there were times over the last 10 years where you might have thought that, or certain individuals outside of talk Park might have thought that Shelburne wouldn't exist um, in, in whatever period of time, but there are people here in the club who are very, very very determined to make sure that Shelburne existed in one form or fashion, and that is the bottom line, the existence of shells. Now, you know, I know people have their reservations in terms of you know how we're going to grow the club in in in, in what is seen as a bows area um but when when options aren't flowing your way i think it's 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 an option that's put in front of us it'll be a, a modern stadium um hopefully with our own imprint on it um and I, I i sincerely hope that over the next six months or a year that we can come together as a club and, and we can accept that we're moving up there it's very difficult to accept richie it yeah. really is i'm a shells fan I so saw my first game here when I was nine years of age. So, you know, I'm sitting here in Talca Park now at the moment, and it's a wrench to be leaving here. And I don't want to leave here no more than anybody else. But it we are where we are. We have to go and do it. And I'd like to see us as a club come together, everyone connected with this club, because it's a great club with a great history, uh, with great fans, and I hope that we can get together and, and make it work in Dalymount Park. Um, that's what I hope. It's intermission time. We're happy to have you with us tonight and hope you'll come back often.
0: Okay, well, naturally enough when we get to this point of the season, a lot of attention is drawn towards the top of the table with the title yet to be decided and four points separating Dundalk and Cork. But things are equally as hectic and as hot down towards the other end of the table as well. Uh, Longford currently occupying bottom spot and just above them, Wexford Udes, 19 points, six points off the bottom. They're five points adrift now of Finn Harps and their manager, Shane Keegan, joins us online. Uh, Shane, I've started off on rather a bad note because of uh, reminded you of the predicament that you find yourself in with five games to go, unfortunately.
2: Ah, yeah, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, take that as a bad note, Richie, to be honest with you. Um, I think we are there thereabouts if not slightly better than where um, many people would have thought we would have been before the season kicked off we, we always knew we were going to be down around this end of the table we knew it would be kind of last second last third last would be there thereabouts where we'd be and I mean with five games to go we're uh we're trying to keep long for that bay, and and still very much of the belief that we could possibly even catch Finn Harp. So, um, no, it's fairly positive around our place, okay. believe it or not, despite the position we're in.
0: Well, if you go into the season thinking that you know, well, you're being realistic, because obviously, given the relative, for want of a better term, youth of the club, um, and given the fact that you were only promoted obviously last year, knowing that you are going to struggle, is that a difficult dynamic to manage within the the squad to kind of go, listen, lads. This is just the way it's going to be for 18, 19 games of the season. And for the rest of them, we kind of have to pick off points where we can.
2: Well, I think the most important thing is that you assign players and put together a squad that um, knows that that's the likely reality and is very much up for that being the reality that they're going to find themselves in. I mean, Longford, fair player, they're making a bit of a drive back at it there at the moment, but I'd, I'd say maybe a bit of a problem Longford might have had for a while this season was, was they might have been quite surprised to find themselves where they were, given that they did very well last year. That was, that was never really the case, I suppose, for ourselves in Harps. We, we kind of always knew the, the scenario we were going to be in, and it's maybe helped us kind of deal with it uh, slightly differently, but... Um, Yeah, it is very, very important that, you know, you're you're certainly going after a particular kind of of, of player and kind of character, knowing that uh, you're going to be in a dogfight and you need people who are going to be ready for that.
1: Shane, I spoke to you at the start of the season at the launch in the Aviva, and when I was speaking to you, you seemed very optimistic for the season, even though you didn't know exactly what to expect with Wexford's first year in the Premier Division. Have the team and the clubs at Total lived up to your expectations about how they would have performed in their debut season?
2: Yeah, look, I mean, there's there's certainly things that we can have done an awful lot better. And I, I suppose, um, certainly for myself, one of the, the key, key motivations of, of, of trying to stay in this division is I just feel... That I've personally learned so so much as we went as we went along, and I'd be desperate for another opportunity to to be at that level again to try and put those those lessons that I've learned into into action. You know, if you, it's all well and good learning all these things, if you're back in the first division, you don't have a time to, to 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 action on them. I suppose next year, um, and I, I'd say the players are very much of the same opinion. You know, I, I think we weren't surprised by the difference and and the step up. We knew it was going to be going to be like that, but. Um, They've definitely learned things as we've gone along, and and even though we're struggling to pick up a few points at the moment, I think we we are a better side than we were earlier in the season. Um, we're that bit cuter, and we we are learning as we go along. And you know, it's 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 not a surprise. It's not a surprise the level that we're at. We knew it was going to be tough, and it is what it is. You know.
0: When you look at the games that you've had, especially quite recently, I suppose we can take away Bray. Because for whatever reason in the past uh, two, three months, Bray has become this weird anomaly where where they're just the team in form apart from Dundalk. And if you try going up against them, you're probably not going to come away with too much. Uh, But you look at a 1-0 defeat to Bowes, a 0-0 with Derry, um, a loss to Derry in the Cup as well. And then ahead of that, taking away Cup games, it was a 1-0 defeat to Dundalk. So it's not as if you've been far away in many of these league games, especially.
2: No, that's it, and I suppose that's kind of what I was probably hinting at on the previous question, is we're, we're, we're just lacking that bit of cuteness to turn good performances into points, essentially. Um, and that's that's probably what, what's caught us. Um, <laughs> we've found ourselves in a strange situation where, unfortunately, our our really good performances tend to have come against the better sides, which have resulted in us getting narrow defeats. Um, and then when we've come up against a team that we would see it as maybe a bit more winnable... We haven't quite produced, um, and that's that's been the annoying part about it for for myself and the players. Um, and but but that 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 bit of uh, experience from lads who've been in the league that bit longer and who are in their late twenties rather than lads who are out, who are there for the first time and who are in their early twenties. That's that's the difference, I suppose, you know.
1: Does that uh, you've mentioned now uh, the word cuteness in in the last two in the last two answers you've given, but with that is that does that make it even more crucial this season that Wexford survived survive that with the experience that is being given to the team this year in the Premier Division that if they're still there next season, uh, the team can improve on on basically the experiences that you've all gained as a team in your first season in the Premier Division.
2: Uh, absolutely, no doubt about, it, no doubt about it. If we could, if we could do enough to keep ourselves at this level going into next year, um, yeah. And and again, I include myself in that. The players, myself, we'd all be that bit wiser, be that bit more, you know, street know-how. And I think that would stand to us massively. And that's why you're just, you're you're so, so desperate to to, to stay at this level to try and and put all that into action.
3: How
0: have you found this season in terms of, I suppose, the fixtures? Because what we've seen... Recently, obviously enough, we mentioned at the top that a lot of the attention has been drawn to to Dundalk and Cork and the shortfall of games that they have to make up for in the next few weeks as well. But obviously, the I suppose the collateral damage to that as well is that they have to come up against teams like yourselves. And you've had a game with Cork pushed back until the 24th of October. And um, There's obviously been rearrangement of games for other sides as well. It really doesn't help your cause to have these late jumblings of games around, I suppose, either.
2: No, it's it's been crazy. Um, I've, I've highlighted it on a couple of occasions. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence or any surprise that it seems to be uh, ourselves and Finn Harps seem to be the two that seem to get messed around most and, and seem to get punished um, because other teams are in Europe. You, you have no problem accommodating teams are in Europe. You know we're all taking great joy from seeing what Dundalk are doing and, and seeing a couple of the other clubs progress through a round or two earlier in the summer. But um, Way ourselves and Hearts are getting treated on the back of it is is insane. I mean, it has to be, it has to be one of the only leagues in Europe where where a team has been told six days before they're due to play a game that uh, their game has been called off so that somebody else can play them instead. Um, I mean, it's one thing having a game rearranged, um, but for what happened for us, I mean, for us to have supposedly been playing balls on that Friday night and get a phone call six days beforehand to say sorry, you're, you can't play balls. Uh, we want Dundalk to play them instead. <laughs> that was. That was insane. And I know Harps have had a few ridiculous um, scenarios over the course of the season as well. And it is disappointing. It is disappointing. You'd be looking for, you know, you have enough uh, to be contending with when you're you're working with the kind of constraints that the likes of ourselves and Harps are working under um, without kind of extra roadblocks and issues and problems been thrown in your, your way. But um, it is what it is
1: situations like that can be tough enough at the best times but with uh, you have mentioned that the constraints you have and a lot of the players would have also had uh, jobs as well during the week how difficult is it when they're trying to get time off work and they book time off their bosses and then the suddenly go it's uh it's this is out of my hands now but the fa have decided that instead of us playing this friday night we are playing further down the line can i work this friday and then take more time off at an unannounced date yet yeah, that must be very difficult for your players
2: it is, um, and unfortunately, while well, you don't like highlighting negatives, um, anybody who'd be keeping a close eye on things there would be aware. We, we haven't picked up a point on a Monday this season. Um, we're pointless for, I think, a total of six games on a Monday this season. And, you know, there's a very clear reason why that is. You know, um, lads working all day on a Monday, having played on the Friday night as well. It's very, very tough. It is very, very tough. And you you accept at the start of the season, you get a fixture list, and you accept that you are going to have four games on a Monday and you're going to have to deal with four games on a Monday we're, we're going to end up having had seven um, on a Monday night and it's 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 so hard to do it's so hard to do and like now look that's, the all, from, the that's
1: answer, almost 20% yeah. of your league season
2: that's it that's it um, and look I'm sure the answer from the powers that be up above would be you know we're trying to make it a full time league they probably wish that they were in a scenario where everybody in the division is full time um, but they can't force they can't
0: force full time football upon sides and clubs that aren't able for it essentially
2: that's it, that's it, that's it, but um, look, what what do you do, you know, whinging the morning about it, is it going to get you very, very far and it's probably only going to give your players make your players feel like they have an excuse not to perform on a Monday night really if you're moaning about it too much, so um, look, you just have to get on with.
0: How much would you see, because we heard Frank Gavin speaking a few weeks ago, that maybe the solution is to start the season slightly earlier, I'm, I'm not sure of the financial footing that Wexford might find themselves on, but I don't know it's obviously going to have an impact in terms of wages, etc., etc. Would starting earlier make a difference, or is it not going to add up to a whole hill of beans if we find ourselves with Dundalk and maybe, who knows, Cork progressing in Europe next season as well, and we're back to where we are now?
2: You'd imagine it'd be health. You'd also imagine I don't really see the need for a mid-season break, to be honest with you. Um, I definitely don't see a need for it being as long as it was this season. Um, I'd I'd question whether there's a need for a mid-season break at all um so i mean you could there's another two or three weeks in which you could be playing fixtures um if it started a bit earlier yeah i think that'd be a help um whether my committee or whether the the financial side of the club would agree with me i don't know they they probably would to be honest you know our 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 wage bill would be so low that it wouldn't make a, a a massive difference to us to be to be paying out a week or two earlier i wouldn't think um yeah, I, I, yeah, there is talk of it happening and I I, I think it would be a positive but I, I also think it definitely should address the
0: mid-season break, you know. Yeah, this, this seems like something that would be sorted pretty handily if the, the lines of communication between not just Wexford, but obviously the clubs as a whole and those at the top in the FAI were more regularly opened which doesn't really seem to be the case. I don't know if you've found
3: that.
2: Yeah, we're... We're probably not great at communicating with each other as clubs, I suppose. Um, you know, everybody is 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 very concerned with, with paddling their own canoe and, mm-hmm. and and trying to look after their own setup, and that's that's understandable as well, where where you have so many clubs surviving kind of hand to out really. Um, but yeah, a bit more direction from from above. And look, as you say, Fran has spoken about it possibly starting a bit earlier, so. <laughs> I suppose it was very, very hard for them to to see Dundalk being as successful as they are in their defence. It was very hard to see that coming, um, but now that it's happened once, and with Dundalk looking as good as they have done, you'd be banking on them going and doing the same again next season. So you would. So I think they definitely, definitely have to put measures in place on on, on the opinion that uh, that it, it very likely could happen again. Mm. You know,
1: Shane, you're in you're in a unique position in the league where you have uh, roles on field and off field with the. With the one league around club do you think that gives you maybe a unique perspective from looking at both sides of of the of the boardroom for a better word that you can see uh, what the owners and what the board members of a club think and what also the on on play uh, the on field staff think of the running of the league
2: um yeah yeah it does um i suppose it puts me in this strange situation whereby um you would have People from outside of the club, or people supporters of the club, maybe, or various different people with with, with interests in the club for one reason or another, talking about you know a budget and and will they give you a, a bigger budget and all of this kind of thing. Well, it's not really a case of anybody giving me a bigger budget. It's a case of me trying to create a bigger budget for myself because essentially I am one of the main um, main the main people who determines how much I have got to to work with. Um, We've got a guy, Ray Noonan, who's, who's financially is, is, is superb and is just brilliant at, at making sure that the club spends what it has. Um, I've worked very, very close with him. We look at what's coming in from other revenues. We look at what we think I can make come in from the streams that I'm looking after. And we set our budget based on that. So I have nobody really to complain to, only myself, if uh, if the money isn't isn't as, as much as I would like it to be in terms of, of what we can afford on player wages. Um, so yeah, it does, it does. It gives you... You know, you're seeing the outgoings here. You're, you're, you know, I would be privy to all the incomings and all the outgoings and all of that kind of thing. So I think it's a lot easier not know what's going on in the background than just sit there and say, uh, you know, I wish they'd give me more money. Um, or as I say, in my case, uh, you know, I'm fully aware of what money is coming in, what money is going out. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have no quarrels with the money that we have to work with.
1: Shane, sure, we've spoken for the last few minutes, obviously, about the run-in for four Jutes for the remainder of the season with five games. But you've lost five players this week. To the bright lights of Dunedin in new zealand how big of a loss has that been for you?
2: yeah, it will be of course it will be we're very very disappointed to to lose the lads now I suppose in terms of you know they've 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 kind of steadily um been decreasing their involvement over the last couple of weeks anyway there was th- initially there was three of them going um as far back as as a, you know maybe a month ago I would have known that we were losing three of them, so they had started to um be phased out as it was I suppose Andy Mulligan and Eric Malloy would have been the two that were approached um, quite a bit later in the day and they would be two players who had still been in the starting lineup until very recently so they, they will their loss will be particularly felt um, so it will now on the flip side we, you know we we've called in a couple of the, the younger fellows to kind of bolster the squad and you know I've seen them a few times and to be quite honest about it I was maybe being a little bit unfair in them in that you were holding them back um, based on how they were performing. I mean, they've they've been absolutely outstanding in training this week, and you're you're very very excited about the thought of, of, of being forced into a scenario where you're going to have to throw them in at the deep end. But as I say, that that's kind of an exciting proposition based on what I'm seeing out with them at the moment. So we'll, we'll 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 survive. We'll go along without them. So we will. We won't have uh, we won't have any any major issues in terms of strength and depth in the squad or anything like that. But yeah, they are lost. They are lost.
0: Is it a worry that you can see, not just for yourselves, but obviously for any club as well that are in your position, that this is something that could regularly happen or, you know, that you're always liable to be open to, is that if an opportunity arises for somebody to make a bit of money elsewhere, then they're going to have to naturally, such as the human compulsion, go and follow it?
2: Yeah, well, uh, obviously, I think it'd be a bit more of an issue in the first division That be, you know, we would be very, very unique in the Premier Division. Yeah. Um, I think most Premier Division sides, even the ones down the bottom end, would have maybe a handful of players who might be on amateur contracts, um, whereas we're the exact opposite. We we had three players in the squad who were on professional contracts. Everybody else was on an amateur. So, therefore, your your hands are tied. Um, and, again, as I said, there's no point quarreling about it. That's That's where we're at as a club mm-hmm. at the moment, you know maybe four or five years down the road we might be in a different scenario, but at the moment that's that's the way we're operating and therefore you know that uh that if other offers come along or if other options come along, um, that's that there's very little you can do to stand in their way. I mean I was trying to I was trying to talk the boys out of it, but while you know it's a very hard pitch to make where, yeah. uh, if i was if i was the father of one of the five boys and um they would got the offer as their father i probably would have been saying yes yeah, that looks very appealing you should probably give that a crack you know? and like
1: yeah. even looking at the southern united website all all five of them seem to be going to play but also to have sort of community roles in in football coaching around dunedin in new zealand so this is this could be the opportunity of a life for these players.
2: It could, yeah. Um, basically, you're probably aware, it's, it's a guy, Paul O'Reilly, who used to be head of the uh, Soccer Sport and Exercise course in Cardo IT, which is officially endorsed by the FAI. Paul moved out to New Zealand about um, two years ago to take a full-time role with the New Zealand FA out there. All five of the players are former students of Paul's Um and basically, part of his remit um, with the New Zealand FA was recruitment, um, regional development officer roles, and, and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's it's he's been clever. Um, obviously, I'm not too happy with him at the moment either. But <laughs> Is again, he off the Christmas uh, card list? He's, he's probably look. I've been chatting with him, and and he's he's all apologetic yeah. about it, but. Um, at the same time, I suppose he's looking after he's looking after his ship too. So he is, um, and yeah, as you say, there I think there's three of them gone out to full time roles, um, all undertaken two to three year contracts, um, and then there's another couple of them that are gone out to, to part time roles that may become full time within a within a couple of months. So. I mean, put yourself in my shoes. How how you go about talking, lads, out of that opportunity is, is, is very, very difficult. If you have them on a pro contract, they have no choice to have yeah. to stay. They're yours. But if they're on an amateur uh, contract, as they were, there's, uh, there's not a thing in the world, really, that
0: you can do about it. We saw Lee Chin make his uh, his full debut at centre-half there last week against Bray. Um, how's he been settling in? How's the, the squad taking him? How's he taken to the squad and, and the rigours of, of, of training in a relegation battle?
2: Excellent, excellent. I have to say, yeah, he's he's been great to have around the place. So he has... Um, Obviously, we were beaten on the night, but that was true, true, no fault. Elise, he had a very, very good game himself on the night, so he did. And with every training session, you can see him getting that bit sharper, particularly in relation to positional sense and, and decision-making and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, look, with, with Stephen Lass, been one of the ones we're losing to, to New Zealand um, and Gary Delaney picking up an injury that had him out for a couple of weeks. Um, Jenner's been a, a great addition and um, we're, we're, we're delighted to have him on board and he's he's integrated really, really well.
1: Mm. It, it's a weird word to say when it involves uh, an intercounty GA player, but does he bring a level of professionalism to the squad that isn't there? and you can't say that now. No, but I'm uh, like, <laughs> for example, when it comes to uh, strength and condition and fitness, like it, we've seen the pictures of him in the Wexford jersey, in the uh, in the Wexford hurling jersey, and for a better word, he's an, he seems to be an absolute beast of a man. He's
0: a big lad, uh, Shane, isn't he?
2: He's in good niche isn't he? <laughs> he's in good nick. Not um, not jealous at all no no, 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 not as I say he struggles on the female front um, <laughs> he, No, look he's in he's in, he's in great old shape, so he is um yeah he, he would come in and he would certainly be one of the the, the fittest boys in our dressing room but um uh, in terms of yeah maybe in terms of physique and conditioning that that extra level of professionalism in terms of the mindset and the whole lot, I think it was already there and approach to training we've already had that and he's he's fitted in very, very well with the lads and that I mean the biggest thing I suppose for us was that um you know, given the profile that he has, um, you'd be been a little bit worried about, you know, what kind of ego or what kind of status might come with him. Um while there's been quite a bit of a hullabaloo from everybody else around the place in terms of him, he's just he's just slotted in as one of the lads. There's there's been no uh no expectation of any special treatments, not that he'd be getting it or anything like that so no, the lads, the lads have, have really really enjoyed him coming on board
0: well, stuff. Shane there's 15 points still on the table starting with Pats away uh, this coming Friday um, have you set a target for these remaining five games or is it literally the old reliable one uh, every game as it comes
2: sure the target I suppose lads is to, to try and keep long for that day and try and catch harps that's that's the yeah. target um, the way the games as you say the way the, re- the Cork one has been refixed um, because that's in the last week now that means Finn Harps is our third last game rather than our second last game. So in an ideal world we'd like to go into the Finn Harps game, knowing that if we could defeat Finn Harps that our um our scenario would be in our own hands heading into the into those final two games. So that's that's the aim to try and get it down maybe to, to, to two, three points before we play Finn Harps. So that would mean us needing to pull out a big win against either either Galway or Pat's and then hope that the the other teams around us do us a favour. Unfortunately, Mr. Raskataro Watson Devils do me a favour the other night with his penalty miss in injury time. But um, these things happen. But yeah, if we could, if we could try and get it into um, a situation where it was back in our own hands heading into the Harps game. That's that's all we could ask for really. And if we can pull it off from there, brilliant. But as I say, if we can't, we're more than we're more than steel for the, the the concept that we might be heading into a playoff. And if we head into a playoff and. After trying and, and keep our status that way, well, then you know bring that on too. We're, we're we're more than up for that fight either.
1: Finally, Shane, just looking at the fixtures, it's Pat's away this Friday night, follow by Galway at home, Harps at home, as you have mentioned, and then Cork and Sligo both away in the final week. With the exception of Cork and Finn Harps, who are one looking for the title and one trying to survive in the league, St Pat's, Galway, and Sligo Rovers don't have a lot to play for. They're they're safe in the league. None. They've no cup runs. So they've nothing like that. They're just playing at the end of the season. You could have had a you could have had a far worse uh, final five games to have.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't know. You, you get that one, you get that one thrown out an awful lot. But when you're a manager, um, and when you're in a dressing room, and when you're you're dealing with the reality of the situation, I don't know if that adds up. I mean, any manager worth his salt is able to find a motivating reason. I mean, well, straight away look at the Galway run, right? Leo Leo is managing Galway for the rest of the season. I, I don't know if Leo has any interest in the job long term, but whether he does or whether he doesn't, Leo is going to want to make a statement with how the team performed during his time in charge there'll be absolutely no lack of motivation in that one the Sligo one is the last last game of the season I mean do you think do you think this Dave Robertson is going to allow his team to play below par in the last home game of the season and leave a bad taste in the mouth? Then heading into the into the off season, a- absolutely not. You know, there's there's always a motivating factor. Even if a team is around mid table and aren't fighting for a title, or aren't down on the bottom, I guarantee you there's a motivating factor there that will spur them on. So look, I don't think our running is any easier or any harder than than Longford's or Harps. Um, Longford have that advantage over the two at the moment. It's up to us to try and reel them in, and, and that's what we'll be trying to do.
0: Well, we'll look on with interest in the next few weeks, and best of luck to uh, to Wexford Hughes in the remaining five games of the season. Shane Keegan, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you.
2: Glad. Thanks very much.
0: Shane Keegan there talking about Wexford's chances in the remaining five games of the season. The first of those five comes this Friday night, away to St. Pat's, a 7.45 kickoff on that one. Elsewhere in the Premier Division on Friday evening. A slightly tasty looking Dublin Derby. The final one of the year for Bows and Rovers. 7.45 kickoff at Dailyman Park. And as an 8pm start, we know Wexford will have a keen eye on this one as well. As Bray travel to Finn Harps. As we mentioned, Finn Harps starting uh, in 10th position this coming weekend on 24 points. 5 points ahead of Wexford who are in that playoff spot with Longford adrift on 13 in 12th and bottom. Just the one First Division fixture on Friday, uh, that is at the Belfield Bowl, the UCD Bowl, uh, Belfield, whatever you're having yourself, uh, it's UCD against Shells, 7.45 kickoff on that one Daniel.
1: All the fun takes place on Saturday as Dundalk and Cork are both in action, Dundalk take on Sligger Rovers at 7 o'clock in Oriel Park, Cork travel to MNDC Park to Fisco United also at 7 and at half 7, Longford still fighting for their lives uh, there against Derry in the City Calling Stadium in the First Division. At 7.15, Cove take on Cabin But all eyes, Richie, will be on Marketsfield come maybe half seven. The game is at half five, but yeah. Limerick, their one-year exile to the First Division, which has been nothing short of a resounding success, sees them lift the First Division trophy after their game with Drogheda. And on Sunday, there's the one-game Derek Brown takes charge of Waterford United in a caretaker capacity. Was the, current, he's the club's under-19 manager after Roddy Conn's left. Waterford take on Apollon. In the RSC, I'd have to.
0: Still trying to hear from Roddy because of that uh, rather terse statement that was put out about his departure, which was, you know... He was
1: basically future endeavoured. Fairly cold. Yes.
0: Few, uh, is it like, is the arse, best look. Don't let the... Uh don't let the you. door hit you where God split you yeah you know it's for
1: it's anyone that doesn't know the future endeavoured parlance Richie would you like to explain it uh, I think people should just google that yeah. and look up a lot of
0: it's basically a wrestling nerddom is coming to the fore again here Dan I feel we should dive out pretty quickly before yeah. it uh, shows itself there even was only there.
1: one mention as well to the GA which was very well two now oh you've ruined it yeah that's it
0: it's but that, that came from you close the doors there's yeah. five weeks of this left and it's all gone to pot goodbye